This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, October 21st, 2011. I'm Caleb Brown. U.S. troops will be out of Iraq by the end of the year, according to President Obama. But will it happen that way? And does it begin to justify U.S. involvement there? Chris Preble, Vice President for Defense and Foreign Policy Studies at the Cato Institute, offers his thoughts. Well, first of all, we have to recognize that it's still possible that the Obama administration could reach an agreement with the Iraqis even at this late hour. The the crucial sticking point is on whether U.S. forces will be uh, governed by U.S. law or by Iraqi law. This is a, a fairly standard agreement that um, the U.S. government, not just the U.S. government, when a, when a foreign government has troops in a foreign country, there is this presumption of extraterritoriality that the troops will be governed by uh, the laws of the of their own state, not by the state where they're stationed. There are some exceptions to this rule, but it's it's pretty standard practice. And I think that it was not unreasonable for the Obama administration to hold fast to that requirement. Um, and I think the fact that the Iraqis were equally adamant that they would not afford those protections says a lot about just how much they want us to leave. <laughs> um, now, I've always said, I mean, when we, when I, of course, you know, we've been talking about Iraq for a long, long time. I've been talking about Iraq for a long, long time. Um, I've always said that if this mission was absolutely essential to U.S. national security, that with all due respect, the opinions of the Iraqis would not be the determining factor here. But I also think that the way in which this operation was initiated on the pretense that the Iraqis were genuinely desiring to, to have be rid of Saddam Hussein and therefore to be a sovereign state and therefore to be able to govern their own affairs, well, that kind of, at some level, kind of begs the question, how, how serious were we about that? Uh, if, if, in fact, uh, we are not committed to allowing them to govern themselves and to protect themselves, um, then uh, I think it would have really called into question a lot of the other arguments that were made for this war if at the end of the day the United States said, uh, we don't frankly care what you think, we're just going to, to stay. Uh, but the, the most important point is that the United States does not need to have tens of thousands of troops in Iraq to, in order to safeguard our interests in the region. Frankly, we don't need to have tens of thousands of troops on the ground in most other places around the world in order for us to safeguard our interests. Um, I think there are likely to be challenges for the new Iraqi government. Uh, there are challenges with us there. They will continue after we leave. Uh, but the best way for them to, to move forward on resolving those challenges is, is as a genuine sovereign government without uh, the, the presence of foreign troops in their midst. And I think that's what they want. And I think that the, by this position that they've taken in their negotiations, they've communicated quite clearly uh, that they're not willing to give up what they see as their sovereign rights. It, it seems to me that those who are critical of this decision have some explaining to do. Uh, first of all, many of those who are, who are very worried that the president has made a grave mistake in announcing the withdrawal of troops were the same people who, of course, were supporting the war in the first place on the pretense that the Iraqi people were wel would welcome us. And then subsequent to that, they were the people who were arguing for a large increase in U.S. troops, the, the surge in 2007, that they said was going to create political space for reconciliation and therefore allow U.S. forces to leave. Well, it's four years later, 
and what's the story now? What, what, what exactly has changed? It seems to me they can't have it both ways. You can't, on the one hand, argue that the surge was successful in reducing violence and creating political space and still be fearful or, or inordinately fearful that the likelihood of a recurrence of violence is so great that the U.S. forces cannot leave now. And again, it begs the question, if they can't leave now, when can they leave? And I think that really, it, it tells you a lot, because I think for many of these people, they never intended for the U.S. forces to leave. They intended for U.S. forces to be there as a permanent presence. I think that was a a grave mistake, and I think that the manner in which they've made this argument is, fr is frankly very disingenuous. Um, there's also the political angle, and I think part of the reason why uh, Republicans so far, uh, and I, I suspect will, will remain quite reluctant to go here, first of all, this war is extraordinarily unpopular with the American people. It is seen as George Bush's war and therefore a Republican war, and I think most Republicans do not wish to remind the American people that they supported vociferously getting involved in this in the first place. Um, of course, many Democrats did as well, and that's an, an important point. Um, but again, you're going if they're going up against Barack Obama, one of his you know selling propositions was I was not one of the ones uh, talking about this war, and I think if they if they get themselves into that discussion, uh, they're going to put themselves at a real dis disadvantage uh, in, in going into the 2012 election. So I suspect that most of them will not uh, be, be very, very critical of this decision. Chris Preble is Vice President for Defense and Foreign Policy Studies at the Cato Institute and author of The Power Problem. You can get your copy at Cato.org.